Good morning, and welcome to my podcast on Simple Faith. Hey, it's so good to be with you once again. We have so much to unpack. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this time, this precious, sacred time, when we set aside everything of this world, we set aside our agendas, we set aside things that press upon us so that we might spend time with you, spend time in your word, time in your presence, seeking one thing, and that is to draw close to you as you draw close to us. Father, I thank you for the Holy Spirit, and I ask that the Holy Spirit would open our hearts, that we might receive this word, open our minds that we might understand the word and how it applies to us today. And then, Lord, that you would open our lives, that we would be obedient to the things that you show us. And I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, take your Bibles and turn to Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19, we're going to begin at the first verse. Uh, As you're turning there, uh, I'm going to let you know that I'm reading out of the message version of the Bible. And so if my uh, wording sounds differently from what you're reading, that's why. Let's begin in Acts chapter 19, verse 1. Now it happened that while Apollos was away in Corinth, Paul made his way down through the mountains, came to Ephesus, and happened on some disciples there. The first thing he said was, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Let me pause there and let's look at what Paul's saying. He says to them, I recognize that you're claiming to be disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. But there seems to be something lacking. There seems to be a depth which you're missing out on. So he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? In other words, did you take God into your mind only Or did you also embrace him with your heart? Did he get inside you? And that's the question that I ask of all of you this morning. And I ask of myself, have I allowed the Holy Spirit to get inside of me? Have I so allowed the Lord to penetrate my life and to so transform me? that it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me? Have I allowed him to be more than just my Savior, the one who went on the cross, the one who died for my sins? Have I gone beyond that? Have you gone beyond that? And have you realized that God desires for us to walk in an intimate relationship with him? And the way that we do that is through the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Has he gotten inside you? The men responded, we've never even heard of that. A Holy Spirit? God within us? How were you then, or how were you baptized then, 
asked Paul. In John's baptism. That explains it, said Paul. John preached a baptism of radical life change so that people would be ready to receive the one coming after him who turned out to be Jesus. If you've been baptized in John's baptism, you're now, or you're ready now for the real thing, for Jesus. Paul's saying to them, and he's saying to us today, that if we have repented of our sins, we are ready to not just receive part of Christ, but now we're ready to receive all of Christ. Verse 5, And they were, as soon as they heard of it, they were baptized in the name of the Master Jesus. Notice the wording. They were baptized in the name of the Master Jesus. Many people fail to realize that you are going to serve one of two masters. And some people say, well, I don't serve any master. No one has control of me. I'm my own person. Well, maybe that's why your life is in the condition that it's in. Because you don't understand that unless Jesus is your master, then Satan is your master. And he's going to cause you to walk in darkness instead of walking in the light as Jesus is in the light. And as Jesus is the light. And so Paul put his hands on their heads and the Holy Spirit entered them. From that moment on, they were praising God in tongues and talking about God's actions. Altogether, there were about 12 people there that day. Notice the emphasis. The emphasis of Acts. The emphasis of this passage is upon God and God alone. I've said to you before, And I've said before, if you've never listened to another podcast of mine, my message was this, that the book of Acts is all about God. And you might think, well, the whole Bible's about God. And while it's true to some degree, the epistles that are written, some of the other letters like 1 and 2 Corinthians, Colossians, Ephesians, Galatians, and all these deal with problems within the church. They deal with life problems and and how do they get solved. But Acts is different. Acts focuses on God. It is probably the most godly or God-focused book in all of the Bible. In all 66 books of the Bible, there's none greater in the emphasis upon God than the book of Acts. Verse 8. Paul then went straight to the marketplace. He had the run of the place for three months, doing his best to make the things of the kingdom of God real and convincing to them. But then resistance began. 
again when we see that word, but there's a transition. Something's about to happen. But then resistance began to form as some of them began spreading evil rumors through the congregation about the Christian way of life. So Paul left, taking the disciples with him. What disciples? The ones that he had been talking with previously. And set up shop in the school of Tyrannus, holding class there daily. He did this for two years, giving everyone in the province of Asia, Jews as well as Greeks, ample opportunity to hear the message of the Master. And the message was straightforward. Jesus is the Christ. I pause to let that sink in. The message of the Master, Jesus is the Christ. And through him we have life and life abundant. Verse 11, God did powerful things through Paul. Notice again the emphasis, God did. This is about the acts of God. This is about the movement of God. This is about God using Paul as a vessel through whom great things are accomplished. God did the work. And it says God did powerful things through Paul. Things quite out of the ordinary. The word got around and people started taking pieces of clothing, handkerchiefs and scarves and the like that had touched Paul's skin and then touching the, the sick with them. The touch did it. They were healed and whole. Paul was so oozing of the Holy Spirit that even the act of taking clothing in whatever form it was that had touched his skin back to people who were sick, afflicted, and demon-possessed brought about healing. Verse 13. So itinerant Jewish exorcists who happened to be in town at the time tried their hand at what they assumed to be Paul's game. Their assumption and the mistake that people were making is that it was Paul and his power alone that was bringing about this healing. And yet Paul on his part was quick to point out, it's not me but the Christ who lives in me. They pronounced the same, uh, or they pronounced the name of the Master Jesus over victims of evil spirits, saying, I command you by the Jesus preached by Paul. They're not saying they have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but they're saying, I'm preaching, or I command you by the Jesus who Paul preaches. We don't know him personally, but we've seen that in this name that you have come out of others. And so we're invoking that name for you to come out. 
the seven sons of a certain Siva, a Jewish high priest, were trying to do this on a man when the evil spirit talked back. Friends, make no mistake that there is an evil presence in this world. They are demons that have possessed people. And these demons can talk and can communicate. And they said to, to these seven men, I know Jesus and I've heard of Paul, but who are you? Who are you that you think in your own strength, in your own power, in your own authority, that you can make me do anything? Who are you? Then the possessed man went berserk, jumped the exorcist, beat them up, and tore off their clothes. Naked and bloody, they got away as best they could. It was soon news all over Ephesus among both Jews and Greeks. The realization spread that God was in and behind this. Friends, when you and I minister, we do so in the power, in the authority, and with the presence of God within us. And that's what makes people realize it's not us, but there is that greater power of God himself who's in the work and behind the work. Curiosity about uh, Paul developed into reverence for the Master Jesus. Many of those who thus believed came out of the closet and made a clean break with their secret sorceries. All kinds of witches and warlocks came out of the woodwork with their books of spells and incantations and made a huge bonfire of them. Someone estimated their worth at 50,000 silver coins. In such ways, it became evident that the word of the master was now sovereign and prevailed in Ephesus. Sovereign meaning dominant, meaning it ruled. The word of God was now the rule in Ephesus. It was the prevailing, prevailing word that transformed the people of Ephesus. I wonder again today, has the Holy Spirit so infiltrated your life that he causes you to make Christ the top priority and the one who guides you each and every day. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for this day. Thank you for the message. And thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, a blessing upon your children. 
In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, friends, once again, it's good to be with you. I pray a blessing upon you throughout this week or throughout this day. And I pray that you would help me out. Would you help me in spreading the good news, taking what God has shown to you and sharing it with others? Would you retweet? Would you put this on Facebook or on Instagram? Would you share it through Messenger or however best you communicate with friends and family? And I thank you in advance for doing that in Jesus' name. Don't forget, there will not be a podcast for the next two days, but on Sunday morning, 8.30, I'll be live streaming once again. May God richly bless you.